Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast, where we discuss all things horror, albeit comedy horror, dark horror, dark comedy, anything that we can sink our teeth into. No pun intended. I am one of your hosts, Rip, and I'm a, I'm always joined by Jumby. I am very excited to be here today, everyone. It's true. What are we talking about today? <clears throat> oh, oh, Jumpy wants to know what we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, he never tells me. No, <laughs> that's true. He's he's one of those people that just show up, like you know, for the test on the day of the test. He's like, oh, what are we doing today? Oh, okay. And he still aces it. Always. Mm, that's right. I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even study 90. Yeah. <laughs> Did you study for this one? Because we are doing uh, Megan, the 2022 or 2023 property movie. 2022 property. That bled into 2023. <laughs> yeah. It's box office will be in both. Is this story was written by James Wan. And he is credited for a bunch of cool stuff. He's the writer of the original Saw movie. Ooh. So that was unique. That's pretty that's like a pretty I know the Saw movies took a big turn at a certain point, but uh that first one was a masterpiece and he did a great job with that. Well, to be but fair. But he's also credited for writing Aquaman. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. To be fair. To be fair, there was there was really two good ones that I enjoyed as Saw. That was Saw and Saw 3, and he was the story writer for both of them. There we go. He's the writer for the good Saws. <clears throat> but he He's did... also the writer for this one. He was the executive producer on Archive 81. That's right, everyone. <laughs> it all comes back to Archive 81 every time. <laughs> we'll never let it go. Executive <laughs> producer on I Know You Eat. What you did last summer, which we have yet to cover or even talk about. Love that Ooh. show. I mean, movie. <laughs> oh, wait, but he wrote on the show. There yeah, was a TV series? Yes, Ooh, there was. We were going to have fun with that. <laughs> one day, one day. So, yeah, he's worked on a lot of cool stuff. He's worked on some of the Annabelle films as a producer. He's doing great. He's obviously not the director, though. We're not giving him any credit. Gerard Johnston is yeah. the director. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Johnston. He made Megan and then some other movies I've never heard of. <laughs> Actually, this might be his only directing credit. No, he has five directing credits. Yes. But he made it. He's here. He did it. <clears throat> He's in Megan. The other ones look like TV. This might be his first movie. Yeah. Mm, good damn. So proud of him. He's doing great. <laughs> I oh. think maybe he directed something called Housebound before this, but he's doing great. Yeah. Did a great job. In fact, because it was a great movie, it gets the seal of approval to watch this. Yeah, please go out. watch it. It's been doing amazing at the box office. It like nobody expected it to do this good. Oh, Apparently, okay. it's going to crack that hundred million dollar mark, which most ho- horror movies, you know, kind of don't do. They're not aiming for that number. Yeah. The other cool thing about this movie is the week two drop. Usually, like most of the audience comes that first weekend, and then it's like eighty percent drop for horror movies. But this one had less than fifty percent drop from week one to week two. That's kind of cool. You know, because it's the holidays. You know, Christmas is coming. Long weekend. Long weekend. Hey, let's go watch Megan. This seems like something else scare us out. Yeah, that's what we said to ourselves, and then we went to see it. Yeah. And we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Watch it again. I would watch it again. I would. I would watch it again, and I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But then that's probably it. Yes. <clears throat> so, we're just talk about this movie. No, we're the done. actor we, is pretty much. We did it. Yeah, that was yeah, it. We, right. it. See everybody. Yeah, we we watch it again. It was good. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Where we start? Uh, well, we got to talk about the the center character of all this and that is Gemma right mm-hmm. Gemma played by Violet McGraw who's Violet Mc... no it's not her Allison Allison Williams, Williams. <laughs> <laughs> who's Allison? Gemma was played by Allison Williams yeah. who is 
I think best known for, at least I know her from, being the girlfriend in Get Out. Yes. That character. Oh, yeah. I think that might have been her breakout role. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, who cares about that? Because the main person you want to talk about is Ronnie Chang. That's right. He's in this movie. <laughs> and I love every minute of We him. did not know he was going to be in this movie, and it made it that nope. much better. Oh, I was gosh. so excited when I saw him. I was like, I'm in all the way. I want to see Ronnie Chang he plays, the entire movie. He plays a businessman. He's the perfect mm-hmm. person to play the businessman. I know. He's so blunt and funny and serious you're spending so much of our money on resources <laughs> that you don't need <laughs> you know your typical businessman yeah they yeah. they have a product another person you know copies their product selling it for half the price and they're mad now get me a product that's just as good as that well that's better than this half price product and make it even cheaper and it's just like no that doesn't make sense you know like, we're going to mm-hmm. lose money this way. He's like, well, you better figure out how we don't lose money on this. And it's impossible. But it really kind of shoots up this whole movie. But the centerpiece of this whole movie is Gemma. And Gemma has a life-changing experience. Well, I mean. I mean, she, it's <laughs> kind of co-starred by two people. Really. Yeah. But um, it's Jenna and Katie mostly. That's yeah. the focus point. The focal point of the whole movie is these two characters, the shared experience they have, mm-hmm. and then them trying to grow from it and move into the future together. But like, they're kind of faced with an impossible situation. <laughs> so, Katie is Gemma's niece, and Katie's out with her biological parents mm-hmm. driving in the car. You know, having fun in the snow. I don't know why people drive in the snow, but whatever. <laughs> they're like driving out in the snow and it's really hard to see. And as they're having family time, family squabbles, whatever's going on in the car, another car just plows into them and destroys Katie's parents. Yep. And the car. Not that that matters. I'm just saying. <laughs> but Katie survives and mm-hmm. Gemma gets it's very the sad. Heartbreaking call. And she was the godmother to Katie. So now she made a promise to her sister that if anything happened to them, that she'd uh, take care of Katie. And now she's in a situation where she's going to fulfill that promise. But... So, Rip, yes. let's get real here. Right? Let's ask some uncomfortable questions, huh? <laughs> Rip is already turning red and upset. He's shaking his head no. It's not the computer screen glaring (laughs) at my face. (laughs) So let's say, you know, I get married and then I have like a kid. And that kid grows up to be a teenager. And then one day I just, you know, I'm just out of the picture. Me and my wife are just dead. And I wrote inside of the will, hey, Rip, you have to take care of my teenager now. And you have already committed to your teenagerless life. <laughs> it's you're been good living so your far. Best life. You're just living your best <laughs> life. But all of a sudden, bam, take care of my kid. Mm. What would you do? I, I, I made that promise to you. I'm going to honor that promise. Oh, no promise. I just wrote it in the way. <laughs> you never said anything about it. Because that's kind of what the vibe I got from Gemma. Like, I don't think she ever said, like, hey, I'll do it. Oh, my God. That sounds like... <laughs> Because <laughs> she was, the, she doesn't look like she's ready for that. But, uh, that sounds like one of those sitcoms. Hey, what, what happens when this person's best friend <laughs> <laughs> dies and leaves a thirteen-year-old yeah. girl in their care? And now they're wacky shenanigans, getting to know each other. <laughs> oh, I've never taken care of a kid in my entire life. Who knows what will happen? And that's exactly they're growing up together this (laughs) Sunday and growing up together. (laughs) And it's and that's exactly what Gemma is, as Jummy pointed out. She is not ready for this. The the whole irony of this whole of this entire situation is that Gemma works for a multi million, maybe even billion dollar toy company, and she has no idea how to interact with kids. And I'm just basing that on her niece interaction with Katie alone. She has no idea what kids want. 
and this is a slightly like what's it called is it called dystopian when the future sucks uh yes i think so this is a kind of a dystopian world it's not really that far ahead of where we are right now but things are a little more advanced all right alexa actually works things like that <laughs> like it's it's very it's a little different ai is just a little more advanced and gem was about to propel it into the next level. Yes, because Gemma, upon getting thrust with this news about her niece and her sister and mm-hmm. brother-in-law, she also <clears throat> has to deal with the wrath of wrath of Ronnie Chang, who just found <laughs> out that she's been using his company to fund a project for herself without consent. There was no consent in her building this project and she just got caught now she has to deliver on this super cheap super advanced toy for kids or she's fired all while juggling the emotions of what just happened with her with her sister and brother-in-law and raising a teenage girl well and we say she's a tween like She's not quite a teenager yet. Is she a tween? I felt like I feel like someone threw out the number nine, and I was like, "She's nine? Wow." I think so. Yeah, nine makes sense. I think someone threw out that number. She's nine years old. Yeah, just really young, especially to be orphaned like that. It's just yeah, and and that's Katie. Katie is now orphaned, and she's dealing with somebody who's so career focused and so you know, stressed out that she doesn't, like, she has to go through this herself, and she's nine years old. What does she, like, she's not ready to take on those emotions yet. She's just lucky she's she doesn't live in Gotham, and then she'd be thrown in some <laughs> tights and thrown at the Joker. Just, just melt. You're good. <laughs> Which, you're nine, right? That's old enough. Let's go, Robin. Which... <laughs> and that's the whole dynamic of the film but -hmm. you know it could just leave it there and we can get a a weird comedy out of it uh fish out of water comedy all that stuff but that's not why we're doing this are we jumpy we have to have i don't know a lot of it's really comedic (laughs) (laughs) we have to have a android come in between these two women right mm-hmm. these two ladies yeah so like like we mentioned earlier megan's just i mean Gemma, Gemma, right <laughs> yes Gemma. Gemma's not ready for this she can't handle parenting she's scared to do it really um and she tries to do the only thing she knows how to do which is make robotics use robotics to make her life easier all right she i don't know if she designs the weird version of alexa they have or not but she seems to know what she's doing yeah, she she even showed off uh, her um oh, her like Bruce, I think it was Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, but like her 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 senior project. That's what it's called. Yeah, her senior pro. Oh, I didn't go to school at all. She went <laughs> her senior project, which was a robot. That that is not what I did for my <laughs> senior project. <laughs> um, she. She made a robot that was like just a, technically a signed. Yeah. Rock'em Sock'em robot. Exactly. Something you'd see out of that Hugh Jackman movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Except a little smaller. Yeah. But her, the one flaw that you would put with Bruce is that it can only be controlled by a human. Somebody has to put on special gloves and mimic the actions that hum- the, the person wearing the gloves do. That's what Bruce is capable of. I wouldn't even call that a flaw. It's like the only flaw is that it could be controlled. Like, yeah, good. <laughs> I like that. I like that flaw. Let's keep that in there. I would say that's a benefit. No, Jumpy. This is the future. And the future is AI. And Completely everybody is equally economy. lazy. <laughs> and they need the AI to learn on its own. I'm so lazy. I don't even want to think anymore. I don't want to think my demands. I want them to think my demands. You think you think this podcast is for fun? I'm just I'm gathering data so that we can just <laughs> throw AI out there and then they can They're make the podcast. They're not ready to hear that we're just AI. 
was gonna say you can't spell AI without Rip and Jumpy, and then I realized there's no A in Rip or Jumpy. I think you can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Megan, she builds a robot, partly because she needs to innovate her job. Otherwise, Ronnie's gonna like beat her up. I don't know what he's gonna do. He's gonna scream at her. And also because she needs a solution to her home life problem mm. of now becoming a parent and not knowing what to do, she creates the perfect nanny slash best friend slash toy. See, the, the best part of this is that she, instead of thinking cheaper, she she realized, I forgot what the the inspiration for this was, but she realized that the best way <laughs> to do it is to make problems with money. Yeah, <laughs> to make a more expensive product. So that's the only product that they need. Mm. Uh, a product that like that. That's where the self learning thing comes from. A product where they you spend this amount of money for this doll, but that's it. You're not gonna need another doll for a while. Probably forever. Because they make these things to last, indestructible. Yeah. Couldn't kill it if you tried. And was it's, the best part is that the doll, once Megan, which is Model 3 Generative Android, Megan. Megan. Meg 3N. <laughs> she uh, can be paired with her buddy, you know, whatever person buys Megan. Primary user. Yep, and that yeah, that's the primary user. And... The objective of the pri- uh the objective for Megan is to always protect and keep the primary user happy. What can go wrong? So that's the big premise of this movie. I loved it overall. Um Megan as a horror property, I don't know if I, I still have to wait and see how I feel about it. Like, mm-hmm. do, how do you feel about Megan as like up there in the horror characters? You're putting Megan next to Freddy and Jason and you know Chucky, I mean, Michael Myers. How that, do you feel if Megan stands up to them? That that's the first place you go. You go to um, you go to Chucky, right? That's the big comparison. But Chucky is and Annabelle, <laughs> and Annabelle. Those are the those are three places. You, well, two places you go. But Chucky is a regular doll possessed by by voodoo magic, and then becomes like a humanoid doll because yeah. it gets meaty part, like meaty muscles and blood and stuff. Annabelle is just possessed by the devil. <laughs> she's possessed by sentience. That's what she's yes. possessed. Of. <laughs> what Megan is is just somebody yeah, who's the primary objective becomes it's it was too vague right mm-hmm. so it becomes this you know quote unquote horror property because because of the vagueness and because a man or woman did this Someone who's a well, I mean, we'll get into that later. But how does it compare? It could be the new, you know, like, is it a hardcore horror property? No, but I would do put it in the same ven- vein as like Happy Death Day, where it's it has its creepy moments, but it's meant to be something like a roller coaster. Like you're supposed to enjoy the, the, the the highs and lows of it. Not like the low as in you going down the roller coaster. That feeling. The terror. I've seen a lot. I mean, I agree with you what you're saying. I've seen a lot of conversation about the rating for this movie, and oh. um, it kind of feeling like you trimmed it to be PG-13, mm. which everyone kind of make, agrees with because they need to reach a broader audience. And since they released it in January, where movies go to die, mm. they need to have a broader appeal for it to survive, and it seems to have worked. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. But there might be an un like unrated version of this i don't know what they call it anymore director's cut oh yeah the where dark. it's like a fully r version just all the gore in the world I and i think that version is closer to chuck i don't know if it was written this way or directed this way probably written but i read an interview where somebody was like uh i don't know if it was 
um, Gerard or James Wan. Mm. I forget, but they um they were talking about how the first place they went to was like the most extreme in every scene, and they had people just start dialing it back, and like that was the best way to put it. He's like, oh yeah, like there were supposed to be more deaths, but <laughs> the the people came in and they're like, yeah, let's let's not make it too too many deaths and they're like okay like they didn't have a problem with it either it was just like it was understandable but like they went to that point first which is cool because it's like it's a lot easier to scale back than you know try to just come up with like the least you know craziness out there crazy death overall for a horror like uh for the lead in a horror movie or the lead bad guy, she doesn't really have a big death toll. She doesn't. Megan kills a total of five organisms, four people <laughs> in this movie. Aww. Yeah, I remember that. And one precious godlike baby boy. <sighs> the dog. But that's how you, that's how you do it. That's how you create your antagonist. You know, there there could be debates all day whether what Megan is is evil or not because she's being programmed of to do but once you kill a puppy or a dog puppy i'm talking about ronnie chang i can't believe she did this to me <laughs> yes the organism ronnie chang <laughs> <laughs> he prefers that title <laughs> she kills rex the dog yes i want to go through all the people and organisms that she's killed Okay. She kills Rex the dog, mm-hmm. which is Gemma's next door neighbor, which lets us talk about Rex and it lets us talk about Celia, mm-hmm. which is kind of her jerk neighbor who refuses to train her dog in any way, in any capacity. Yeah. Free spirit. Wait. <laughs> you could take it to dog school. You could do a lot of humane ways to train it so it doesn't attack your neighbors. And this lady just refuses to. And she also lets a big hole sit in the fence. Because she's like, that's your job. Mm-hmm. Even though my dog broke the fence. Yeah. So, yeah. Rex dies. Celia gets it from Megan. Um, we'll talk about how in a second. She kills... <laughs> she kills David, <laughs> who is Ronnie Chang. And Kurt, which is his assistant. Mm. And this is out of order, but she also killed Brandon, the school bully. Mm. Oh. Uh, kind of. I mean, it's up for debate. I th- you know what? The movie does a very good job of making her kills like... Uh, Subtle. Or escalation. Yeah, the escalation of it. Yeah. Because starts like a real serial killer with animals what katie did was she saw her her toy arrow in the neighbor's fence i mean in the neighbor's yard so she reaches underneath under the hole in the fence that jumpy pointed out to grab it the dog Mm -hmm. sees her hand on his side of the yard and bites katie's hand Mm -hmm. that already tells you megan is just gonna fuck shit up but i was also i mean katie's nine so you can't really blame her but i was annoyed about this whole situation even happening they had so much warning that the dog could harm these kids Mm -hmm. and both adults are to blame here (laughs) Gemma should not have left her outside i don't care what crazy robot you left with her and that neighbor celia has had enough time to correct this dog or at least like i don't know put it on a really long easy to manage chain or let it in the house or something but like like you said Gemma, going back to Gemma, it wasn't that like Gemma was inside just you know near she was in the garage with headphones on knee deep super irresponsible Yeah, yeah like you can't do that with kids around, especially a nine-year-old. You can't just yeah. put your giant Bose headphones on and just block out everything. Yeah. You got to be like dead. You're like, you're always listening out for something. 
you don't really know what it is, but you're always listening for it. Yeah. And you, and can't... you yell. And you don't get up. You just yell. Yeah. yeah, and like, there was enough noise for Gemma to react to, but she had to, only, she only reacted to Katie's blood-curling scream. And you know what? I think... I'm surprised I got through. And I think at this point, it's like, Megan's all right, yeah. Gemma's not fit to <laughs> to take care of this girl. I am. And Megan was right. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag <coughs> Megan was right. But, but of course, um, with Rex disappearing, because was it Katie lures Rex into the woods and unfortunately <laughs> well we don't know what happens to Rex you know off screen she lets him go to the neighboring community where there's a nice barn and plenty of other dogs to play with and she lies to Celia when she tells him that she kills the dog and buries him yeah yeah him. well she's just trying to strike terror <laughs> into her obviously yeah and that the was the dog is fine with Celia Right. Well, she I actually, all jokes aside, I want to say thank you to the writers and director for actually not showing it, though. Because <laughs> that made me very happy. Like, it's fine if you did it. I get that it makes Megan really evil, but I didn't need to see that. Because it makes you not want to rewatch the movie. It wouldn't be PG 13 at that point. That'd be like no. NR 17 or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Just like Marley and me, NR 17, because <laughs> of this TED talk. So. <laughs> Well, all dogs go to heaven. Mm, you can't be a child. That is, it, that's actually a banned movie in the States. I'm <laughs> sorry. And in Canada. Um, Celia, though, um, ever since her dog went quote-unquote missing, she kept blaming the, the three of them, Gemma, Katie, and Megan. And to the point where she points at, she points at Katie and she does the, 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 the thumb slicing the throat thing and puts her thumb down to Katie and Megan's just like, oh, fuck no. Nah. Not, not, not for nothing, but Gemma did shoot out a line where it was like, you better put down that dog or I will. Yeah. So, I mean, Celia's suspicion, it's not that far-fetched. And she's technically not wrong. <laughs> Somebody in that house did do something. Even though she, you know, I don't like her either. She's very annoying and a bad dog owner because she didn't take care of her dog properly. But Megan pressure washed Celia to death. Which you can do. And that's why pressure washers are so friggin' dangerous. You have to be careful with them. Oh, yeah. You don't want to get hit by a pressure washer like that. No, it will literally shear off your skin. Terrible. So be very careful with it. And then... Teenagers. At, at this point, uh, Gemma tried... We learned that Katie was homeschooled by her mom. And Gemma's just like, there's no way I could do that. Let's just check out this free learning school. Which is where she drops her... It's like a daycare. But for like kids of all ages. And they have activities where they learn... And other parents, you know, are involved either with snacks, keeping an eye out, all that stuff. And it's like outside, it's not inside because inside promotes all these walls. You don't want to create walls for your kids. You want them outside and free. And that's what happens. So, uh, Katie's very defending, I mean, uh, against this, but Gemma's like, just stay, just just trust me, just trust me on this. Okay, fine. And of course, we meet a child who, by all accounts, was it? I forgot his name. Uh, Brandon. Oh yeah, Brandon. Um, he <laughs> justified. He's like, like his mom's like, oh, that's my kid. Hi, Brandon. Fuck you, Holly. <laughs> that kind of kid. And then she just kind of waves it off and she's like, ah, oh, boys will yeah, be boys, right? Yeah. And then like you totally understand why he's like that. And you know what happens next. Katie gets paired up in a, in a scavenger hunt with Brandon and they go into the woods and... Brandon hurts her. 
Brandon Herzer and Megan watch the whole thing. Brandon goes over there, takes Megan, starts running with it, throws it on the floor, decides to take out all his anger when he MMA mounts her and starts punching her in the face, but Megan catches one of those. She catches his ear too. Oh, yeah. And then she says, got your ear, and then she pulls it off. You know what's the problem with boys like you? You never listen. And she takes it off and staples it to his chest. Disgusting. And then he gets scared and he starts running. And Megan could just run after him. But she learned through her fight with Rex. She t- she obtained the skill to run on all fours. Like something out of the ring. And it chases Brandon. She didn't have to, but she did it. And mm-hmm. Brandon trips into oncoming traffic and dies. So, not her fault. <laughs> At worst, you know, brawling. Night in the jail, you know? Mm-hmm. She had a little altercation. He started it. Yeah. Just because she finished it. I mean. <laughs> but, unfortunately... I'm going to play, like, the lawyer for the big company. <laughs> she, uh... With all these deaths... We don't. Nothing's definitive. No one knows what happened to Cecilia. They just found her. They find her body. The cops are like, "This is a little suspicious," but we can't pin anything on you. There's no fingerprints on the pressure washer that killed her. You know, weird. No one knows where the the dog is. Um, and Brandon goes obviously by the barn. It's safe. Don't worry, guys. (laughs) And all all three of these instances instances can be pointed to. Katie and Megan and Gemma. But there's nothing nothing you can do with that. Right. One other ability that we haven't talked about is uh Megan's ability to capture voices. Oh man. That is a step up for a villain. It's a cool power in general, but she makes like dog noises to try and attract the neighbor when she was trying to kill her. Mm-hmm. She makes all these weird noises. Sometimes she does it to comedic effect when she sings lullabies to Katie <laughs> and she sings like the modern pop hit and she's just like singing Titania. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, and yeah, she uses the, the, the voice of the neighbor to get Rex. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then at this point, so the last two deaths are, uh, what was it? David? David and Kurt. Yeah, David and Kurt. Kurt's the assistant to David. David's Ronnie Chang. Um, mm-hmm. Ronnie, Ronnie didn't do anything except exist. Right? He just. He was I don't. Right. I was that. Was he even wrong? He was just rolling with the company, doing his job. He, he didn't along. invent anything crazy. He's just <laughs> trying to sell it. He was walking along, and then Megan's there, and instead of chasing him. She does a little dance, that little gift that you see of her. She just does it, and then she chases him, and then she kills him because with like a paper cutter thing, yeah. That they have with those offices to cut paper. She kind of like pulls off the blade. Oh yeah, it looks like a machete. Stab him like it's a sword. Yeah, like a machete. And then um... and I booed at the screen because <laughs> I really wanted David to be in like every Megan movie ever. I hope he actually lives somehow. <laughs> well. And you'll be like, this is ridiculous. I'm never making another toy in my life. Kurt was on the elevator that Ronnie was running to, and Ronnie begged him to leave it open, and all he did was push the button to close to it. To close it. And because Kurt's not a big fan of Ronnie. Ronnie's always spitting at him, throwing stuff at him, making him do stuff, and always shooting down his ideas. But before Kurt can go to safety, making opens the door, and then she's like, yeah, you saw what just happened. That's not a good thing. And you know what? This is perfect because, Kurt, you were up for a promotion, but you didn't get it from Ronnie, and that just drove you mad, didn't it? Mm-hmm. You sold company secrets because Kurt did. Kurt was selling company secrets. And, yeah, you got caught, and Ronnie was about to fire you, and then you just, the anger took control of you. And you killed him. And then realizing what you just did, you couldn't take it anymore. And she makes it 
look like he unalived himself. She kind of frames Kurt in this moment using her other superpower, which is like near omniscient awareness of what goes on on the internet (laughs) and everybody's computer. She has full access to whatever happened. She knows what's on Kurt's computer. She knows what he did, Steel Company Secrets. She knows everybody's business, everybody's phone number. She can make clones of your cell phone. She could talk like you. It's kind of a broken power. <laughs> we don't really delve into it much, but she is. She could be a formidable villain. And I'm kind of excited to see what they do with her in the future. Because I think they'll make a larger scale kind of movie and see what her like yeah. antics can bring. Um. Yeah, I would love to see what they do in the future. We have our theories on that. Um, Chucky versus Megan. <laughs> oh, that's not a fair fight. Uh, it'll happen. All right, Chucky's made of plastic and meat. All right, she's <laughs> made of titanium. <laughs> so let's talk about... So now that we're here, we discuss all the kills, but now we got to talk about the big fight of Megan versus Gemma because you know what's coming. But before mm-hmm. we get into that... We got to talk about why Megan's doing this because she's trying to be the best person or the best toy for Katie. And throughout, like Joby pointed out a couple times, throughout this movie, you saw that relationship skyrocket. And Gemma couldn't be happier. She has somebody watching out for her her niece while she can just throw herself into her work and she gives she keeps getting uh uh the advice the unsolicited advice or rather she keeps getting told you can't do that because um you're not a replacement for uh, the doll can't be a replacement for a caregiver the do- a doll should always be a doll and but it's not really her fault Megan was designed to be a replacement for a caregiver. Like that that's her job. Yeah. Uh that's her prime directive. So when Gemma was showing off Megan and Katie to the board so they could get funding for this project, the first thing Katie does immediately after we we see montages, we saw all the montages of Katie and Megan getting to know each other, Megan's reading a story to Katie and she's doing the different voices with her voice modulator. It's beautiful. Gemma can't be can't be more happy, right? Hmm. But as soon as Katie's in this presentation, Katie just busts out crying. Just it's finally hitting her. She's like, "I lost my parents. I miss my mom, and." I wake up, I don't know where I am, and once I realize what's going on, I realize I don't have my parents with me. And she doesn't know how to deal with that. Um, This whole movie, she's been distracting herself with the help of Megan from ever feeling that loss. And it comes to a head when she gets to the scene that Rip's describing. And it's very emotional, more emotional than it needed to be. I was like, damn. And Megan's just like, well, she does everything right in the situation. Because as of right now, the, the perfect steps to do is like what Megan did. Just tell me, tell me some a happy memory with your mom. And she tells a story about when um, some I forgot something, a beautiful story with her and her mom where she ends up laughing. And that whole thing, her, her mom really looked ridiculous to, in the story, and then she was laughing, and she'll always have that. And then Katie says that her biggest fear is that she's going to forget that. And Megan's like, no, she, no, you won't. And she touches her heart, and she's like, uh, Megan touches her chest, and she's like, because it'll always be here. And she presses play on her recorder, and... <laughs> And re- and it's a recording of what Katie said. This is like the perfect way to be like, uh, you know, deal with somebody who's going through this. Not deal with it, but like how to talk to them. And he's 
and they yeah. hug wow. and they hug because Katie feels million times better and everybody at the board meeting was crying and applauding this is it this is the toy Gemma the got audience it. in the movie was crying <laughs> that was a great performance by both of those actresses i was i was cracking up because all three of them actually because <laughs> megan takes three people to operate <laughs> I, I was cracking up because it's like oh shit I, this is scary <laughs> this is scary <laughs> this this doll knows way too much on how to deal with people um and in this universe <laughs> this dystopia we also have to suspend disbelief on like how trusting everyone is of ai there is not one person who's like hey, isn't ai kind of scary like nobody <laughs> westworld never existed in that universe nope. <laughs> not the 1970s or whatever movie not the new reboot that was good for a season and then somehow stopped being good they have never had an ai movie irobot gone uh deus ex machina or ex machina whatever yeah that doesn't exist because um, everyone's very trusting of it. They're like, oh, it records you without your consent? Sick. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, that's that relationship. And the, um, the psychiatrist or psychologist for Katie takes oh, Gemma, so Gemma aside. And she, this is like the, the only thing, positive impact she had in the whole movie. She takes Gemma aside and she's like, yo, that's an amazing doll. But do you know what uh, attachment theory is? And Gemma's like, yeah, like, yeah. after a loss, people usually gravitate to the next figure that they have after a, to, to cope with the loss. And that should have been you, Gemma. But now it's Megan. What's going to happen when you try to take Megan away? And we see that throughout the whole movie where as i was watching the movie this the psychologist rip is right this was like the most important piece probably the reason she was written into the entire film uh but for the rest of the movie like the beginning part of it i was just like stop judging get out of here <laughs> you're being horrible but as you leave the movie i'm like hey Gemma was kind of unfit. And <laughs> look at all the shit she caused. Yeah. Maybe the psychologist wasn't the bad guy. I want to rewatch it and see. I'm and like, he, her coworker said the same shit. You can't use the doll to replace a parrot. And Gemma's just like, money. <laughs> <laughs> and then the coworkers were like, yeah, you're right, you're money. Right. And then they all went with the money. And then Ronnie Chang's like, hey, money. Um, the movie I wanted was about Ronnie Chang just talking about money. <laughs> so the reason Katie didn't want to go to go with homeschooling, I mean, going to that free learning school is because uh, she didn't want to leave Megan at all. And mm. even using the fact that like, hey, I'm ahead in, in school, in regular school right now, where I'm supposed to be, because Megan's teaching me and I'm mm. learning a lot. That's also scary, but um, it got to the point where, when, Kate, when Gemma is just like, "All right, we're at the big board meeting. I'm taking Megan away. We're not dealing with this shit anymore." Um, Katie throws a fit, picks up a scissors, and almost hits the psychologist, <laughs> and and Gemma had to go and take the scissors away from you. And Katie backhands Gemma. And <laughs> the audience was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> this truly is a dystopia because if, hey, if I did that shit to my mom, let me tell you. <laughs> that wouldn't be the end of it. Yeah. Forget what? Like, if I did that to my aunt, ooh, forget it. Like, oh, Any okay. family member. But this is a traditional, I don't know, I guess different culturally than, than <laughs> what I'm accustomed to. The the because uh, in the, my culture, the parents weren't afraid to backhand back. Oh, it, it's self defense. I don't care how yeah. old you are. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I'd have been grounded after I woke up. And Katie did the the best thing. She was she like she she showed. She's like, hey, I'm sorry I hit you. I didn't mean it. But that's what happens when you don't have Megan next to me. <laughs> I was like, damn. Um, 
<laughs> pushing all the boundaries right now. But this is where Gemma, like, she saw a video earlier, and she finally understood what Kate what was going what was on going on with Katie. She just the the big reason she loves Megan is that Megan looks at her with the in the eyes, and there's no pity. There's nothing else. It's Megan sees Katie as Katie. That's what she's been looking for. And Gemma realizes that should have been her. And Gemma just lays it out to Katie. You know, everybody's going to tell you they're hanging there, champ. You're 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 doing great. But you what you're going through is the worst thing in the fucking world. Like you're 9 years old and you lost your parents. That fucking sucks. All right, but I'm here, and if you allow me to, I will continue being here with you. We can do this together because I lost my sister, and I know damn well, and I miss them every day. I miss your my uh, your mom and dad every day, and you know damn well I'm gonna keep my promise to my sister, and that's you to take care of you. And Katie got what what she was looking for from Gemma and she's like okay deal and it's like okay let's put Megan behind this and normally addiction like that doesn't take that two minute scene <laughs> it just you take a lot longer but Megan kind of puts in the work when she comes back after killing Ronnie Chang and Kurt and she drives like what like a supercharged Tesla <laughs> to, to Gemma's house yeah and they get into a hilarious fight because <laughs> she also explodes Gemma's co-workers yeah that too which was very interesting Tess and Cole but they're alive. Who were pretty, <laughs> being pretty cool the entire like the entire movie but and did absolutely nothing wrong to anyone even more so than David they were just nice scientist people <laughs> and she like tried to murder them and blew them up yeah well but they made it that's the thing so Gemma started looking through the the logs because every everything that Megan do, does is supposed to have a recording, an audio recording, everything, a backup, and there's even a backup to the backup where you can go all the way in there. And every one of those is encrypted or deleted. You can't access that. And that was Gemma's biggest red flag. There was a lot of red flags going out there that Gemma was just like, you know, like, like Gemma would be like, "Hey, uh, Katie, eat your vegetables," and she's like, "No, I don't like my vegetables." And Megan's just like, "Yo, if you force her to eat your vegetables, she's more likely not to like him as an adult." And and Gemma's like, "Thank you for your opinion, Megan," and she's like, "It's not an opinion; it's a fact." It's like, "Yo, how about you power down?" It's like, and Megan's like, "I'll power down when I see fit." All right. Yes. That was and then she's like, "Excuse me." Yeah, that was the red. That was more than enough to be like, "All right, we gotta do something here." But Gemma, once again, money. But <clears throat> the fight, the all of those things were encrypted, and she told Tess and Cole to look at those logs, try to figure out what's going on, and all while Megan is powered down. But Megan wasn't powered down. She just made it seem like she was, and she killed everybody. And this whole like override thing, we don't really know exactly what's causing it. Something about that code was unstable and they needed a lot more testing. And I think it's just a cautionary tale of messing with AI without taking every conceivable precaution. Yes. Also, don't put AI in a friggin' toy. (laughs) That's not what it's made for. I I looked at Gemma's code and... (laughs) The whole self-learning thing, um, she just gave it very vague instructions. Protect the child. They're competing with Hasbro. (laughs) (laughs) Protect your primary user is too vague. It's just too vague. Because if if somebody goes, walks across the street, actually bumps into Katie, Megan will pull that, rip off the spine through the head like Sub-Zero Mortal Kombat 1 fatality. I feel like she was programmed to do that. Because, like, I feel like she was programmed and it was, like, protect primary user at all costs. <laughs> That's why we made you out of titanium. 
and we are inserting <laughs> some kung fu skills as well. That's why you can flip around the air like a freaking ninja. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's self learning, right? So it keeps updating itself. It, it it watched all of TikTok. It watched all of YouTube, which like rotted its AI brain. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it went backwards. It's just like, ah. <laughs> It's weird. You're running at half capacity. It's something's wrong. <laughs> and that's what happens. Like you can't just create something and give it vague instruction. And then that's, the, and that's the problem with, with Gemma writing this code without having any experience with kids. Like you can't just write these, these lines of code like that. <laughs> can't. She, she made, she spent so much money on Megan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Imagine if she just used those parts to build a PC you know instead. Much- Oh, that could have made yeah. that could have made her so much happier. You know what? I think Roddy Chang was better dead. Like the amount of debt <laughs> you'd have to go through if they didn't go through the since they didn't go through the launch. If if Ronnie was if the character Ronnie was playing David, if he was around, he'd been like, "Yeah, no, I wouldn't change a thing." <laughs> I would have rather ha- rather had the chance. <laughs> if anything, I would have changed it so that Kurt died first. <laughs> Uh, you know, Rowdy Chang was like, oh, if I'm in this movie, I want to be a despi- despicable businessman and I want to die. And then, like, yeah, yeah I feel like he didn't even have that part. Like before, it was just a throwaway character, but now it's Rowdy Chang. He's going to be a big focal point of the whole movie. He was great in uh, Crazy Rich So Asian. much. Well, his stand up was great. It. He was my, one of my favorite parts in Shang-Chi. It's just him there. <laughs> like, damn, it's Rowdy Chang. <laughs> He's Roddy Chag in every movie. I don't care. I'd watch every movie with him in it. I hope um, he's in the next, you know, like Knives Out, Glass Onion kind of movie. I hope he's in the next one. Was it? Um, so, yeah, so we get Megan versus Gemma in the ultimate fight. Um, Katie comes out. He's like, everything okay? And they both at the same time, we're fine. Go back to bed. And then they continue fighting. And... Like any trick that Gemma put out in the past, which was like, look at this pen, and then she'll sneak in and turn her off. Like that, that only works once. You can only show Megan one of your moves because after that, she knows how to counter it. It's despicable. So great. But the fight gets more hardcore. It leads to the to the garage, and then Katie finally sees what's happening. But Megan's like, Katie, don't worry. This is for us. Gemma's not fit to uh, to be your your uh, to be your caregiver. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's me. And then Gemma's like, Well, what are you gonna do? Kill me? She's just gonna go straight to her parents in Jacksonville, Florida. And and Megan's like, You see this pen? You see this pen? I know where to insert it to put it where it hits all the nerves so you're just basically a person that can't move in any way no arms no legs and you can't speak but you're still technically alive and i'll take care of you don't worry and it got that is some dark threatening stuff she gets way and way 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 more sadistic as the movie goes on but unbeknownst to everybody but rip who saw Katie with gloves on as she walked into the room. Katie busts out the gloves and she's controlling Bruce and she uses it fucking that movie with Hugh Jackman style and starts beating <laughs> the shit out of Megan. But Megan eventually gets um, gets control of the situation, destroys Bruce and is just left charred with, her, with most of her hair gone. Face burns, melted off face melt she looks like a proper monster right now she looks like the terminator <laughs> at some point and then in that movie hmm? what was it megan's like don't worry katie i'll take care of it. like like it'll just be you and me or whatever you know and she starts singing the song and katie says something like oh i don't need you or i don't want you i have Gemma." and then she, she tries <laughs> to shut her down yeah and She's like, Gemma shut down. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Gemma shut down. Gemma shuts down. She was a robot the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wild? Gemma <laughs> takes off her mask. She's real. I mean, no, sorry. <laughs> Megan <laughs> takes off her mask, and she's a real little girl. 
<laughs> and then Megan's just like, you judgmental bitch. <laughs> I have a new primary user. Me. <laughs> but Gemma uses this distraction to grab Bruce's face and slams it against Megan, killing the doll once and for all. The cops come. We see Tess and Cole are alive. Everybody else that died is for sure dead. And they're taking care of everything. See, the body's not moving anymore. But Gemma's Alexa, or Alyssa, (laughs) turns on on its own. The end. Implying that the consciousness of Megan may have survived. In the cloud. Yeah. So, Jumby, what sequel? Because we know a sequel's coming. Can't just make this movie and not market it for a sequel. What do you expect? What do you think is going to happen? Well, we know the sequel's coming because of how much money it made. I don't know if it's worth it without David's character, but if they do a sequel, they have... a a few different avenues to do. The unlikely avenue is just she is an internet-based AI and she causes trouble through the internet and just like wreaks havoc on havoc on people that way. It's unlikely because the marketing for this movie is the doll and what it looks like. So if they have a sequel, they need another doll to happen. So what I think the sequel will be is whoever Kurt sold the um, the schematics too for Megan mm. Hasbro probably whoever you know Milton Bradley I don't know who who got the the rights they make their own version of the Megan doll in secret they mass produce it and they just send it out all across America and there's nothing anyone can do and it's gonna totally jump the shark and it's gonna be way too many Megans all over the country causing terror it's like a Megan war. Yeah. And some Megans are good and some are evil and they fight each other. <laughs> Civil War. And they, they take TikTok <laughs> dances and breaks Megan. and stuff like that. They sing. <laughs> Megan 2 Civil War. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Do you, uh, do you see Gemma and Katie returning for the next one? No. Okay. I doubt it. I, I doubt they'll ever get involved with Megan again. Maybe. Gemma will have like a courtroom scene where she's like, you can't do this. You can't make the doll. And Hasbro's like, yes, we can because of money. And then they, <laughs> they do it. I I think they come back. In fact, I could see Katie breaking out of her shell, um, making friends, making a friend. And then it, the friend buys a doll, which, you know, on top of everything Jumpy said, this was master produced by a rival company. We're using the same AI. And... Megan knows, you know, let's call her Ashley or mm-hmm. <laughs> or Amanda or whatever. Um, Skyler. Skyler, yeah, okay. Probably Skyler. <laughs> Skyler. Um, Skyler is just like putting the wedge between the friendship of, of Katie and her new friend. And Katie starts to realize that this is Megan. Mm. And that's where the war happens that's how that's where Gemma figures out everything like hey wait a minute this is the same coding as Megan this is not good we gotta fix this and then that war happens again and you get like five different Megan dolls <laughs> going after uh, Gemma and Katie that would be cool yeah. or they make another Megan doll and they travel all across the country trying to run away from it until they encounter another little redheaded doll who's going to serve as their protector, named Chucky. <laughs> and Chucky's like, hey, I'll deal with it for you. And, and then, then he double crosses yeah, them halfway through the movie. And then Megan's like, damn it, nobody gets to kill them but me. And then <laughs> Megan turns good again just to fight off Chucky. And it just added no Megan one's more confused Chucky. than Gemma, Katie, and the audience. <laughs> And then Chucky's like, hey, this would be a good vessel. And then at the end of the movie, a Megan Brawl opens her eyes, but you just hear Chucky's laugh. <laughs> Can an AI be possessed by a serial killer? 
through Voodoo yeah. Magic? Let's find out. Yeah, why not? But then it backfires because she's supposed to have this titanium like skeleton, <laughs> but it's just going to become this weird like meaty, gooey bits because that's what Chucky does. Oh, that's going to be crazy. <laughs> I can't wait. Megan versus Chucky. The sequel we needed. Alien versus Predator, Freddy versus Jason, Megan versus We Chucky. haven't had a goofy movie like that in a very long time. We want it. We need it. Oh, man. But this movie was good. I like the philosophy. The warnings of self-learning AI. The warnings is just... You can't to- completely blame Megan for this. Um, she's just following what her shoes programmed to do. You can argue that she can... Mostly Gemma's fault. Yeah. <laughs> you can argue that Megan should be advanced enough where she can fix her own code. But There's why would she want to? I don't know. <laughs> She shouldn't have to fix it. Yeah, it's not her. her I want to see a scene, a shot-for-shot remake of something very important to me. I want to see a scene where they arrest Megan, right? Mm -hmm. And they have Megan handcuffed into onto her chair, and they're interrogating her. And then, I don't know where Will Smith comes out, (laughs) and he just questions her ability to think, and he's just like, "Can a robot?" write a symphony symphony can they tur- turn a piece of wood into a, a masterpiece and then megan looks at him in the eye and megan's like can you <laughs> and then will smith slaps her in the face there's so many jokes i could do but it's it's at this point it's past his prime um, yeah i know just like <laughs> wills I'm, <just> kidding. <laughs> I'm sure he's great he's great he's great um <laughs> don't add me <laughs> at Jumpy, <laughs> I uh, still love him. My question, Prime, is: Was how much of it was Megan following her the di- coded direction, or she was actually developing emotions and jealousy? I mean, was she developing emotions? It's just a learning AI. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes into the whole AI debate in general. But like she, she was built to learn new things in a reckless way. There was no stopping how much she can learn and how much she can be altered in the code. That was Gemma's big problem. She just created a monster because it can learn from human behavior, but unless you're an actual human, like we, we seem really stupid and violent and that's going to create a monster if that's what's learning from us. Yeah, like the whole especially thing. if it has access to the internet, then it's game over. Yeah. <laughs> you can't create something that can infinitely learn things and also have the internet in its brain. Yeah, That's going to create a lunatic. Yeah, you're going to be evil. There's no yeah. question. It's Gemma's fault. Yeah. She shouldn't have done that. Yes, Gemma spent the entire time thinking, oh, trying to figure out if she could rather than if she should. Mm-hmm. That's right. Butchering another quote by Jeff Goldblum is rip. We're the kings of butchering quotes around you. <laughs> uh, I am excited for a sequel. I'm sure it's going to be fun. This is a fun movie. It has its moments, to, but overall, it's just meant to, like, you know. What I loved is that in this theater, everybody kind of caught on <clears throat> to Megan real quick when we watched it. Um, So when... Megan was singing to Katie. Everybody's just like, "Oh shit!" Like this is like you you see the attachment growing in front of our eyes and how that could be bad. And especially if you know that if you watch the trailers, you probably went to the movie watching the trailers or something or hearing about it. You know this doll is capable of killing. But the worst thing you can do as a doll capable of killing is being able to emotionally manipulate other people. And I I hate saying that because she wasn't emotionally manipulating. She was just being there for Katie at that moment. But you can see how she can be capable of emotionally manipulating people. Now, I feel like Megan did get a little catty. And I feel like that's a bad stereotype to put out there. She was like learning how to behave from a nine-year-old. A very angsty nine-year-old. She was kind of acting like a tween. Yeah. 
You're right. But still, like she's gonna be catty. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like the doll, Megan, if there's a sequel, would start a bad rumor about Katie. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Make her hate going to school. She doesn't kill her, but whatever <laughs> like new form she takes, she just spreads rumors about her at her new school and leaves. <laughs> Uh, I heard she killed that famous comedian. <laughs> uh, anything? Any other last bits you want to add, Jumbo? The sequel that's going to happen with this movie is the unexpected sequel, where this movie was actually a sequel of in itself of the movie Her. Because that feels like the kind of reckless AI universe that you have to live in for this kind of thing to happen. Hmm. Or it's a prequel to like, I don't know, something crazy. Total Recall. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Or iRobot. Oh man, I love iRobot. This is a prequel to iRobot. This is where the learning comes from. Hmm. Starts. All right. Well, With all that being said, any last words should be. I am titanium. I am titanium indeed. I'm bulletproof. (laughs) Something, something. I don't know that song. (laughs) And with that, we conclude (laughs) another episode of Phantoms of Silver Screen podcast. If you like what you heard, Please, please give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that you love us because we love you <clears throat> and we'll always love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>